Welcome to M and Sue Watch Dollhouse. In this podcast, Sue and M have not, neither of them have seen Dollhouse, and we're in season two this week. We're going to be discussing Belle Chu's weird name and belonging. I'm M. I'm Sue. I was like, is it a play or something? I was like, this has to mean something. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a Chaucer oh. from the Wife of Bath. Okay. It's a euphemism of Chaucer's for vagina. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a surprise. <laughs> I don't think either of us could have predicted that. (laughs) (laughs) You were like Chaucer. Right. I did take a medieval lit class and we did read a bunch of Chaucer, including the wife of Bath. But I, that, that was a long time ago. (laughs) I studied it in high school and had to memorize the, the old English beginning. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, what? I don't remember it now at all. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. If you said it, I'd be able to, but it's gone now. Yeah. We didn't talk about what bell shoes meant. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we may have in college, but still, that was... Too long ago. Too long ago. But yeah, after watching the episode, I was like... Well, no one was named Belle. What the crap? <laughs> <laughs> so I just Googled it and was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think that hard about it, but I would have said, oh, yeah, I probably would have gone down the path you did. <laughs> Instead, funny. all I really thought was, must have something to do with um, the serial killer. He kind of seemed southern, like he was from an old Right, right. Estate or plantation kind of a ordeal. An old southern family. That's as far as I went. But yeah, you're right. These uh, Whedon titles, when we have no idea, they're always like a line from a book or a movie or something. Right, right. That's yeah. funny. I remember. I wonder how many people that have watched it have looked that up and knew <laughs> knew that info. <laughs> well, now they know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just an interesting choice. <laughs> There's lots of euphemisms <laughs> in Chaucer. <laughs> that was a very strange one. <laughs> Because it wasn't really about sex. No. I mean. Or much to do with vaginas at all. (laughs) Not really. 
I just think they giggled late one night in the writer's room. (laughs) (laughs) Since we're talking about the wife of Bath, let's call her Bill Jones. (laughs) So, yep. All right, well. Well, we were told these would be upsetting. And while I was very tense during belonging, mm-hmm. it ended up not being too upsetting. I was worried it would get really bad. Yeah. And end really bad. It was very intense. Yeah. I'm a little confused by a couple things in it, so I'm hoping talking it out will... We'll see. I don't feel like I have a grasp on the whole thing. (laughs) We don't have an expert, so we forge on. (laughs) I know. I know. It's just, it's tough in a show like this where you just, especially in flashbacky type scenes, like, what? Who's... Who's who? Is this the real person or is this an imprint, you know? Yeah, well, that's just, I think, comes with the territory of this show. And it yeah. it may take a scholar of Dollhouse to know every scene. Right, right. Who's who and what's doing what. And if they're imprinted or not. I don't even know if the layperson that's seen the show two or three times full through answer all of those questions maybe maybe I'm looking at it from a confused newbie but <laughs> yeah maybe the um, the wiki recap might help a little bit oh yeah So it might. I haven't read them yet. Me neither. All right. So do you want to start with... Looks like we got something from Nettie. Yep. I will start with Nuchas. She says, So I forgot to send in feedback last week. Oops. You're not alone. Didn't see the episode in my feed yet either, so I just forgot all about it. The first two episodes tell us that what happened last season have changed everything, but not enough to explain Epitaph 1. I was interested to find that Ballard is okay with Echo glitching, considering everything that happened with Alpha, but for some reason he's okay with her doing it. Maybe because Caroline is supposed to be a good person? Glitching as in keeping everything? Yeah, like when she kind of starts... Going back into other... Oh, she's probably talking about when they're in the hangar, right? Right. Well, I think that was just your getting through it. <laughs> getting through the moment. But... Yeah, that could have to do with it. I think he's he should be worried about it. I don't know. I've never had a handle on Ballard. That guy 
<laughs> it's a tough nut for Emily to crack. <laughs> Sometimes I read characters pretty good, but I've struggled from day one with this guy. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's hard to read. Yep. Um, Belchus is one creepy episode, and more proof that Victor's actor can act. Why isn't he cast in more things? I don't know. I know, he was awesome. He's amazing. I just gushed about him a little bit in my notes for these two episodes. (laughs) Uh, belonging just adds to the creepiness and finding out Sierra's backstory just shows how wrong this whole concept is. While I totally ship Victor and Sierra, I'm not sure coming back was the best idea. When I first watched it, yes, because I was all about that ship. But now I'm more creeped out by the concept of dolls. Echo and Boyd gave me hope back in the day. Yeah, it's a very complicated thing for her to go back. Um... I think, to me, Topher won her trust enough, and two, killing that guy must have been so horrific, and knowing that Topher could block it out of her memory forever was compelling enough. Was it mostly for Victor? Um... I didn't look at it that way. No, I guess you could. I don't think so. I think it was, like she said, just to erase that whole day. Just to make that day not happen, you know? Yeah. Although she seemed, I forget what her real name is. I want to call her Pylea. (laughs) It's uh, Priya? Priya. It seems like Priya is a very strong woman. So that's, you know. Yeah, so that's one of my. So Priya. Is that her? Real her? Yeah. So the girl at the beach selling, at Venice Beach selling jewelry is really her. Yes. Okay. That's her. And then. Topher, instead of imprinting that girl, I think he imprinted Priya and just had a long talk with her about what was going on. That's my guess. But we were led to believe she was imprinted until we Uh, found out she wasn't. So at the art gallery, that That was was Priya, and that was a flashback. I'm pretty sure that all made sense. I thought so. I just. But, like. Echo was there. So she was a doll. Yep. Echo. They imprinted Echo and Victor to help talk Priya into coming. Okay. Which. So. Which puts Adele and Topher in a sketchy position to me. That they seemed in on it. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to see how that all went about, but 
I'd be surprised if we do. Right. Um, and I guess that was the end. Um, she just says, she just signs it, Nushas. So thank you, Nettie. Thank you all. All right. Our next one is from Harold. He says, these are a couple of very dark episodes and they are very good, but I'm not sure if most people would watch them and say, I want to watch more Dollhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're even darker if you've seen Epitaph 1 and you are cognizant of all the consequences of everything that happens in these episodes, including Topher developing the remote wipe. So I knew he did, but I didn't put it together that that was the remote wipe that... Because it wasn't like a ah, ah, you know? Right. Which I expected from Epitaph 1. It was it was more just like Adele pressuring him into figuring something out. Right. So we'll see how that unfolds, unfolds, I guess. Yeah. Um, Enver did another phenomenal job in Belcho's portraying Victor, serial killer Terry, and hottie co-ed Kiki. (laughs) He was the best. (laughs) Hottie co-ed Kiki was my favorite. (laughs) Oh, so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He did Kiki better than Eliza did. (laughs) Oh, I could have watched him do Kiki all day. Her about thirty seconds in, I was like, "Nope, I know, <laughs> I hate her." <laughs> um, I live my life trying to not interact with people like that. <laughs> oh, oh, I hated her. Um, that whole thing with Terry and his collection of real life mannequins was quite creepy. If you can shush it enough to believe it could happen. <laughs> Yeah, there's some shitting going on. (laughs) Yes. Huh? (laughs) Were they, like, drugged, paralyzed? Yeah. He used some sort of, like, some sort of, like, tranquilizer that veterinarians use. Okay, you know what? I never put together that the stuff that he got. But it, that makes so much sense, because where would that girl have gotten it anyways? But right. the stuff that he got shot with is the stuff he uses on them. Right. Okay. So, yeah, some sort of tranquilizer or something that, I guess, keeps them awake, but they're kind of paralyzed, so you can just kind of paralyze them. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it was weird and I don't think we fully like got why he did it enough for it to like yeah be okay to shush or you know what I mean yeah it I wanted more of that because I never quite understood the relationship he had with his uncle yeah and why I mean, it, it sounded. He has some line. It, I mean, it sounds like the women in his life just ignored him. Yeah, it sounded like no one paid him any attention. He was just a non-entity, and so he craved attention. But I don't know why mannequins. That didn't all like compute to me. Mm-mm. So they could have done something else that 
wasn't quite as shushy. Right. Right. But I like the creep factor of it. I wanted more of it. I wanted more story on that, you know. Yeah. But whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um... I like the dollhouse's wardrobe guy. Me too. I'd like to, me too. I'd like to see more support people like that. Yes. Yes, I like, you're new. <laughs> He's from something else, too. I recognize the actor. He looked kind of familiar to me, too. Um, on my first watch, Priya's backstory and belonging was very shocking and upsetting to me. On a rewatch, I am nitpicking things like who in Rossum is going to believe that Kinnair just ran off and left without Sierra. It was totally like Emily fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought of when I watched it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Very Emily fan fiction-y. Yeah. They... I imagine they'll go more into that. You don't, you don't bring on David Carradine to just play in one episode. So yeah, I was like, was or no, Agent Bundy? Keith Carradine. Sorry, Keith. Yeah, David's <laughs> the <laughs> the one that died an unfortunate death. <laughs> huh? His like half brother David. Is he the one that's in the? In he's Kill the sunglasses Bell. guy. Oh, who's the sunglasses guy? And like. What are those crime shows? And he's in Miami. Oh, David Caruso? Caruso. <laughs> no. <laughs> These are the Carradines. <laughs> Sorry. That was he's... Keith Carradine. He was Wild Bill in Deadwood. He oh, was. Oh. I only uh, knew him as the agent. Is it Bundy from? From Dexter. Dexter. Uh-huh. I loved him in that. Yeah. The one that played Deb's boyfriend. Yeah. The guy. Yeah, and the FBI agent. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Another point that is left vague to me is who decided to imprint Sierra as Priya. Was that a Topher decision or was Adele involved? Also, was she given a fighting upgrade? What was the game plan? If she was just going to kill him, couldn't she have done it in a sleep or some other stinky way that didn't expose her and the dollhouse? I think it was Topher's decision. I don't think Adele was in on it. Do you? Not at all. Yeah, she seemed pretty upset. Yeah, she seemed to just cow to Rossum and do her job. She didn't show any signs of being in on it, but Topher... He was having a little crisis of of identity, you know. He was. He was doing exactly what you and I kind of hoped would happen to him from the very beginning. Well, I say I can say fairly that hoped for me, but I quickly squelched and thought he wouldn't. But you always I always you said, always believed in Topher. I did. <laughs> and I lost faith in Topher after meeting him for a few episodes. I think the first episodes I was like, yeah, yeah, he's going to be totally 
awesome and you know go against the dollhouse and then i was like no no (laughs) (laughs) you you kept faith (laughs) i did i did um i don't know if he gave her a fighting upgrade her fighting seemed pretty defensive all along you know what i mean like I didn't see her as having any super fighting skills. That was pure survival and no, and grab things and smash them, and you know, <laughs> she didn't seem to have any extra skills to me. Did Topher fully anticipate she was going to kill him? I because he didn't seem that way to me, but he should. You know, that's pretty. What else? What's yeah? What was the game plan? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Topher thought she was going to do. I don't know. Boyd was a freaking rock star, though. Yeah. Yeah. He. We could call him the Mr. Wolf of <laughs> this episode. <laughs> No, he's like, he called in the goose. And I, I wrote in my notes, so is the goose like the wolf? <laughs> that didn't sound as cool. <laughs> Harvey Keitel was not coming. <laughs> the goose. <laughs> um... He says, Keith Carradine was intimidating as our awesome executive, Mr. Harding. Do you expect any response from him for the disappearance of Kinnaird? I think so. I think that'll be... We expect him back, so yes. I think that that's going to be a plot point. That uh, Adele's not going to know what is happening, and Topher and Boyd are going to have to... Yeah, it's got to be, because... Do some gymnastics. Yeah. There's just no way he would just leave without her, you know? Yeah. I liked seeing Boyd get involved like this because mm-hmm. I really was so pro-Boyd at the beginning thinking, you know, he's going to be awesome. And then they put him on the back burner by putting him on security. And I'm like, what's going to be his role now? Yeah. Boyd same. seemed to, like, fill the role of or Ballard, kind of filled the role of Boyd, and I was like, that's kind of lame for the yeah. character, because I really liked it, but he's interesting now, you know. Yeah, yeah, they they amped him up again. They mm-hmm. made him interesting again, because I agree, he he's kind of backburnery for a while. Plus, we didn't get any Dr. Acker, and we know mm-hmm. that they get together, so right. what's going to happen there, you know? It's interesting. I don't know. I guess this is the answer to why she was still named a guest star. She goes away. Oh, true. There's no doubt in my mind she's coming back, but who knows when. It could just be at the end. Right. I didn't, you know, if you listen to our last podcast, I didn't expect this. I thought, I didn't know she was really, like, leaving for good. 
So I was kind of surprised. Same. Same. I'm, I'm looking forward to what's going on with her. Where is she? What's yeah. she doing? And how does she come back? Maybe she just can't make it in the real world. Well, when we see her at the end, in Epitaph 1, she is her doll personality. I forget. She's Whiskey. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. So that's weird. That's right. If she chooses that, that's the last personality I would expect her to have chosen. Right. Maybe it just happens when the tech goes crazy. Tech! Smash. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an Epitaph 1 flashback? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. He says, but overall, this is still an excellent episode. Um, Daijin is great playing Priya, Sierra as our Fran, as Topher, and Olivia as Adele. So I assume that Boyd gave Echo that pass. Do you agree? It's got to be. That's who I guessed. Yep. He says, next time we get guest appearances from another Whedonverse actor, plus someone from Twin Peaks. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to be? I like how he just puts a generic Whedonverse. (laughs) I guessed the last one. (laughs) No more puppy and or angel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing Nathan Fillion. Ooh, yeah, good guess. Hmm, I'm gonna guess. Uh, uh, maybe Allison Hannigan, since hmm. they're married by now. Oh yeah, 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 that's a good guess. Unless was how I met your mother on by now by this. Uh, Might have been. I think so. That went on a long time. And it was a long show. It was only a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. I think How I Met Your Mother was like nine or ten seasons, wasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, maybe. The Twin Peaks. Hmm. Could be anyone. Coop would be awesome. But I doubt it's Coop. Coop would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting everyone's names. I'm blanking on all the actors' names. <laughs> Same. Maybe it's Audrey. That'd be cute. I like Audrey. Maybe it's the log lady. Just <laughs> <This> walks by <laughs> carrying a log. <laughs> Maybe it's Bob. <laughs> Hmm. He wasn't really an actor, though. No. All right. Well, I'm curious. Me too. <laughs> thanks, Harold. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Harold. Okay, our next and last is from Ray. He says, I love how this season has that extra aspect to it, where the viewer knows things that will happen in the future because of Epitaph 1, and you can sort of see those things slowly develop. Yeah, I like that kind of thing. I like that kind of plot. 
we know that Topher develops a remote wipe that will eventually lead to the apocalypse, and you can see the beginnings of that in Belchus. And we know that Topher will eventually be driven insane by what he created. And I think during Belonging you can see that while Topher used to not care about the morality aspect of his job, he's starting to ponder these questions more and it's starting to affect him. He even mentions that he is taking, talking to himself like Alphabet did. It's very cool to see the characters evolving from where they were when the series started and slowly change into what we know will happen in the future because of Epitaph 1. It's also kind of interesting to see how much of a backseat Echo takes in these two episodes. She was so much of the focus early in Season 1, but as things have progressed, the ensemble has really started to come to the forefront more. Yeah, and that was a welcome thing. And I noticed mm-hmm. she was just put as producer. Just In oh. one of the episodes, it said, produced by Elijah Dushku, and that's all. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I didn't notice that. Maybe she's doing a little more background stuff. But yeah, I'll, I'll take She does that. have in her contract, though, that no one else can be in the opening credits but her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that had to have been negotiated. Because <laughs> I find that odd. <laughs> it's weird. I will say, though, we didn't talk about this last time. I do prefer season two's credits over season one's, though. Yeah, I liked. And we see Eleanor Pants. <laughs> I know, we don't see Eleanor Pants. <laughs> What's her real name? Eleanor P- I just <laughs> <laughs> She so quickly became Eleanor Pence. She totally forgot what her real name was. <laughs> okay, Bell Choose. This episode belongs to Enver. He does such a great job at being able to play so many different personalities and characters. He's very creepy as Terry, and then absolutely hilarious as Kiki once the bodies switch. Him dancing in the club is one of the funnier things the show ever does. Cracks me up every time. The stuff with Kiki and the professor does pay off in the end once personalities switch bodies, but I don't think that we needed to see so much of it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the only reason is because Eliza is the star of the show. I find the stuff with Terry very compelling, and every time... We go to Kiki and the Professor. I find it drags a little bit. Me too. Boy, they really discussed Chaucer there for a while. And you just knew yeah. it was a little fantasy. And you're just like, ugh. I know. So gross. gross. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, there's a point where he says, the detail is incredible. Or something like that. And I'm like, does that mean that she's totally modeled after a student that he lusted after that wouldn't give him the time of day. It's gotta be something like that. Yeah. Or that he just likes them really, really dumb. You know? Yuck, dude. You can't even, uh, it was too over the top. (laughs) (laughs) We had to get inside of that a little more than I wanted to be. (laughs) It was just, you know, yeah, I did not like. It should have been all about, but I guess the body switching thing. I loved that. Mm. So yeah. I guess we had to have it. But she stabbed him in the neck. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we got that. We got that. <laughs> that was like <laughs> what? <laughs> I 
was so surprised. No, I saw it coming a mile away. I was like, oh, she's totally going to be the serial killer. I was surprised he seemed to have lived. Yeah. She stabbed him in a weird spot. Yeah. Must not have been trying to kill. But I don't know if if that guy was more serial killery or like death was a consequence. I guess with serial killers that's happens. Well, he seemed to have more of a that's why I didn't see her killing the professor happen. I didn't see that one coming because the serial Terry's MO seemed to be, you know, finding these women that were like his relatives, you know. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I was trying to say is he didn't seem to like have a lust for killing. It was just kind of like, oh, I got to kill her. He just right, exactly. killed her because she didn't obey. Right, exactly. Okay, she says, I do really love that we are seeing the beginnings of the remote wipe that will end the world. And it wasn't built out of any nefarious or evil intentions, but because they were trying to save the lives of those women Terry abducted and Victor. But that small event has sent us down a road that we won't be able to return from. Belonging. So maybe... Maybe the Keith Carradine guy figures out what he discovered and then he's like, ooh. And isn't mad uh, yeah. about the death of that guy because it led to this or something. Yeah, maybe. And maybe it's like blackmail or something. Yeah. You're going to do this for me and develop it. Right. Maybe. Who knows? Okay. Belonging. We finally get... Uh, Priya Sierra backstory episode, and it doesn't disappoint. I just love this episode. It hits the emotional moment so well and so powerfully. And the performances by Deachin, Lockman, and Fran Krantz are just so amazing. I just marvel at the names of this show. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're all hard to pronounce. Not all, many. The lion share of the main cast. Just so amazing. Deachin deserves some sort of award for her performance in this one. It's the kind of episode that just rips out your heart, but it's so wonderfully done that you can't even be mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> and Victor and Sierra continue to be one of my favorite TV couples ever. The fact that no matter what personas they are currently imprinted with, or if they are just in their doll state, that they are always drawn to each other is so cute. And how adorable is it? That Victor sits in that spot, not moving, and just waiting and waiting until Sierra comes back. Adorable! It's so adorable. It's amazingly adorable. Yes, <laughs> it's like Forrest Gump adorable. <laughs> Forrest Gump levels of adorableness. <laughs> Which is pretty adorable. <laughs> when does he do that? I swear he does. Yeah. Oh, man, it's been so long. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. But, yeah, it seems like there is. Someone tells him to wait somewhere. And, like, you can tell, like, a whole day went by. He was still yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that's one of those things I'm going to have to, like, clear the cobwebs, and the more I think about it, I'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As for Echo, we see that she is retaining more and more knowledge, and it is just sort of plain dumb. She's reading books, observing her surroundings, and marking down her imprints. Boyd finds out, but keeps the info to himself, and even is helping Echo by leaving her that card at the end. But I do find it disturbing that he knows how to get rid of a body and make the guy disappear so easily. We really don't know too much about Boyd before he came to the dollhouse. Does he have a ripper side like Giles did on Buffy? I wasn't disturbed, I just figured he knew from being a cop. Yeah, I thought he was an ex-cop, so... Especially if you're like a homicide detective or something and they probably know better than anyone how to hide a body yeah you know people and you know how to do it and maybe yeah. you saw breaking bad <laughs> that's what i was thinking <laughs> but then i thought well if you saw breaking bad they would have gas masks on and they wouldn't do it in a tub <laughs> <laughs> not in a tub <laughs> you'd be making a trip to home depot yeah Um, overall, these two, these are two great episodes. Really? Okay. Overall, these are two really great episodes. I forgot to send my feedback for the first two of the season, but I find the season two premiere to be kind of flat besides the Dr. Saunders stuff, especially coming off of Epitaph 1. But I think each of the subsequent episodes have built with belonging, being the best of the season and one of the best episodes of the series so far, in my opinion. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I agree. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray. All right, should we start with vagina? <laughs> Belchos, a.k.a. vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking for, like, a second definition, just in case there was one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> your first note did you want to read harold's do you want me to read harold's um oh he sent the wiki recap yes please okay okay so while echo is engaged by a college professor um ari gross as nubile student kiki terry karens joe sakura nephew of rossum Corporation beneficiary, benefactor Bradley Cairns, Michael Hogan, is struck by a car near Beverly Hills and left comatose. While mapping his brain in an attempt to figure out if he'll recover, Topher discovers signs that Terry is either a serial killer or about to become one. And Bradley admits that he is trying to write, revive Terry quickly so that his latest victims can be rescued. Okay, that is, that's right. That was the uncle's reasoning. I forgot that. Yeah, you'd think if they knew he does that, they'd keep better tabs on him. <laughs> well, and for some reason, I kept expecting the uncle to, like, there'd be a twist and the uncle was in on it. Yeah, that was but weird. It's like he knows, but he's like, meh. <laughs> we do need to rescue these women, but it's not like I done anything about it until now. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. You would think a family like that would 
drug them up and put them in a home or something. And just because yeah. they obviously wanted to forget about him. Right. And he wasn't getting attention. It's like, I don't know, from what I know from books and movies, you like tuck them away in an insane asylum and. Well, just like Julian on Bates Motel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally Julian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I I wish this had been fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah, it was like they had good ideas but didn't. It's like they tried to cram yeah, a lot in and just yeah. Yeah, less time on the Chaucer talk, more yeah. time on Terry. Agreed. Um. Okay, so those ladies' victims can be rescued. Um, instead, Victor is imprinted with his personality, and former FBI agent Paul Ballard interviews him. But before anyone can get a location from him, Bradley flees, frees him. After which, Victor slash Terry incapacitates his uncle and resumes the hunt for a new Sheila. At Adele's urging, Topher attempts to remote wipe Victor, which ends up flipping imprints. While Victor becomes Kiki, showing off her dance moves, amused by... Dense moves amused by bystanders. No, I no. go. <laughs> Her dance moves. Oh, that is hard. Her dance moves amused by bystanders. bystanders. Okay, I was like, something doesn't make sense. By bystanders. <laughs> <laughs> Echo becomes Terry and returns to his hideout. Only Echo's intervention, finding the Terry imprint, allows dollhouse teams to save the captured women. All right. Hmm. That didn't enlighten me. <laughs> no. This one I didn't need as much enlightening yeah, on as the it. next one. The next one's a little bit more confusing. I was a little confused about what the uncle's motive was, but now I do remember him being concerned about saving the women, but finding it odd that he would flee with Victor, I don't know. Was it just, did he feel the urgency or something to find these women? I don't know. I choose to believe he was just stupid. Because, <laughs> so he says... He, I think he underestimates Terry. Well, didn't he say they found a lot of bodies yeah, I mean, I don't remember exactly what he said, but you definitely, from whatever he said, you knew that this is not an isolated incident, that they... They know he know. kills women. Yeah. Turn him in. <laughs> or if, like I said, just drug him up and yeah, hush-hush him somewhere. Hide him away. Well, especially if you're, like, a big part of the Rossum Corporation... Wipe yeah. him. Wipe Put him in the him. attic. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, it's just weird. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Didn't his... The uncle's motivations were too muddy. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, my first note is, ooh, a creepy mannequin guy. I like it. And then I was like, wait, are those real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think they were real people for a while. I wrote, it's Dandy. <laughs> Holy crap, please be just like Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> From Freak Show? Yes. Oh, that would have been amazing. But, you know, <laughs> I can't remember where I write it, but, you know, <laughs> Terry reminded me. Of uh, Stuart from Mad TV. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> this is that plaid shirt and the jacket. Yeah. Stuart. I just, I all I could think of was Dandy. All I could think of was Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have a little baby bottle. <laughs> And then I think I superimposed him too much with Dandy to where during the episode when, like, Victor was playing him and stuff, I kept thinking, he's not being petulant enough. (laughs) Stop thinking stuff like that. It's not Dandy. (laughs) No matter how much you want it to be. Uh, Dandy is one of my all-time favorite TV characters. I love him so much. One of the best. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, man. That was entertainment. Yes. We're talking about American Horror Story Freak Show. If you haven't seen it, watch it just for Dandy. Just for Dandy. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote oh, baby bottles of brandy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was at least as twisted as this guy. Uh, I think Danny was a little, well, Danny was more fleshed out. We saw more. Yes. Uh, I'm sure he was more twisted. Yeah. He was really twisted. Harry could have gone there. Had this been... A show about Terry. Yeah. We might have gotten some. Anyway, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, then I have, holy crap, she's alive. What a creep. And I put, Harold did say it was the second of these two that was upsetting, right? <laughs> yes, but he also said not like the first one is like a family, <laughs> family. That's right. viewing or something like that. <laughs> So I figured they both were going to be a tad upsetting and intense. Yeah. So next I wrote about the wardrobe guy that I liked him. And and I like seeing little aspects of the dollhouse that we haven't seen before. You know, like mm-hmm. taking the newly imprinted girl or boy to get fitted into their wardrobe. Yeah, I, I just thought it was funny that there's like another handler like reading a magazine. <laughs> I don't know, he's like, I won't even do this for my wife. <laughs> just a little, yeah, little aspect. Yep. And then I just her costume was just too on the nose, and the baby doll look or the schoolgirl look was 
way too many years ago. The show continues to baby doll her up, but I guess it's because of Dollhouse. I guess so. But that look was so dead by then. Right. Right, because that was like early 90s, yes. mid 90s, right? Like yes. Spice Girls time. It was It was when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, early through mid 90s. So, yeah, way past, way past. And they keep doing it. It's not just like, but. But then you think, well, it's these men that are basically probably choosing what they want these girls in. And that's probably just, it's kind of a classic, right? The schoolgirl. Yeah. Doll kind of a thing. Yeah, I guess so. And I think they like the imagery that their dolls, they keep baby dolling her. But anyway, this time I just was like, nope, two on the nose. and eh. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, I have, I recognize him from Battlestar. Take that. <laughs> the uncle <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's a major role in Battlestar <laughs> good job thank you all <laughs> perhaps you got a little of your cred back I don't know not recognizing Apollo is pretty <laughs> pretty bad <laughs> you've got a deep well to fill <laughs> the colonel take yes <laughs> Um, yep, I've got sweet Victor's gonna be the creepy guy. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote, not as good as the push up back and forth. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) What was it this time? Let's see, they were, they were superimposing scenes Mm -hmm. of... Gosh, I don't even remember now. I know it was the professor. It was the Chaucer scene. They were paralleling. I can't remember who they were paralleling. What was it? Talking about, I think what they were talking about with Chaucer was going on with the other people, but I don't remember now. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember either. Was it, it wasn't the interview. It wasn't the interrogation, was it? Maybe. I bet it was. I don't. I don't know. It made sense when I wrote this down. I need to take better notes. I always just think I'll know. <laughs> I know. If I think I'm gonna forget why I wrote it down, sometimes I'll put like parentheses, like. I'm talking about this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I actually did that at one point in these notes, but not that point. Oh, my next note is, you know, when they try and figure out where Victor is. Mm-hmm. And Agent Ballard's like, where was the accident? Like the first accident. 
I just wrote down, I thought the place where the accident happened was a good place to start before Agent Ballard. <laughs> I'm smarter <laughs> than an FBI agent on TV, FBI agent. Yeah, that was, yeah. Well, the first thing I thought of, I'm like, well, where did he get hit? Yeah, seems like a no-brainer to go yeah. check around there. <laughs> But the writing I, wasn't super on par with this one, as we've already discussed. Yeah. I have. So this professor can afford the dollhouse? I thought of that, too. Because, <laughs> honestly, I don't want to be rude. But a student like Kiki was, that's got to have been like a community college, right? I mean, I guess she didn't necessarily have to get in. She could have gotten, like, a cheerleader scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Also, she didn't actually go through the process of admittance. True. I don't know if the college even knew she was there, but just thinking in my head that a kind of college Kiki would get in has to be, like, a community college. I guess he, like, could save up his vacation money for two years for just this one extravagant vacation <laughs> well i kind of got i don't know did you get the idea that he has done this before or no i didn't okay i'm not saying he didn't do it before i didn't get that idea because he maybe he, he came seemed, into some money or something <laughs> yeah yeah he seemed just very impressed by it and just that's like true. wow this is even better than i thought it'd be that's it's, true it's exquisite huh? <laughs> 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 um, I have a quote from Ballard Terry, Mary, and Karen's any part of that a boy's name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> oh, that's kind of funny <laughs> and then I just have ha ha, so does this mean Victor is going to be the college girl? <laughs> yes it did I had I loved that scene but I had to shush big time but I let myself shush Kiki would have realized she was in a man's body (laughs) yeah Kiki wasn't portrayed as stupid but she would have looked down <laughs> yeah I kind of thought that too but I just enjoyed Me too. what was going on before my eyes too much <laughs> in fact I wrote shush brain it's good shush <laughs> <laughs> I, the, what made me think it was the voice like she, he was talking in a man's voice everything yeah you see your body yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You feel it, too. And you're not in heels anymore. I don't know. It was played totally unself-aware. Entirely. And, yeah, I had to shush that. And it was worth shushing. It was worth it. It was so fun. It was very fun. Yeah, because my next note is, oh, yes, this is great. And then in parentheses, Victor dancing. (laughs) (laughs) So I remembered why I wrote that. I put parentheses, dance club. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I did it. And then... I would say one of my very favorite things he does 
that's Kiki. I have my very <laughs> favorite thing. I when they bring him back in and someone says, I see you brought a friend. And he goes, I'm Kiki. <laughs> and then he puts his head back on his shoulder. <laughs> That was the exact thing I wrote. That was amazing. I loved it so much. You've made a friend. I'm Kiki. (laughs) In fact, I thought that might be my favorite Victor moment ever. (laughs) It might so far be mine. (laughs) I'm Kiki. Buries his head in his chest. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It was just one of those. I I wondered if it was like ad libbed. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it it was brilliant. And we're just went and Kiki. <laughs> it was so perfectly timed and executed. It's one of those things that the writing just couldn't come close to what the right. actor chose to do. Right. And the actor's brilliance just yeah. elevated that so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was your favorite too. <laughs> it's just one of those moments that you're not sure anyone else even notices, but it's like your favorite thing ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know we're sisters and all, but <laughs> we don't always notice those little <laughs> subtle things at the no. same time, but yeah, I loved it so much. Just the way he said it, <laughs> just <laughs> buries his head back in his <laughs> So great. Elijah Dushkuski never, ever, ever would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she was so bouncy and... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so now I'm at the uh, Eliza and the mannequins. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So when she's trying to get them to kill her, to, like, sacrifice herself, it was another one of those, like, angel moments where I'm like... Oh, jeez. You want to be the martyr? (laughs) Hey, instead of telling them to kill you, tell them to lock you in the dumb cage. (laughs) Yeah, really. I don't know why martyrs annoy me half the time. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Sometimes I have no patience for martyrs. Yeah. Yeah. If it is... The only way, and if you act it well enough, I'm okay with it. But when there's other options and you seem to be doing it to be the martyr, I can't handle it. I agree. And that is what I got from that. (laughs) Tell him to tie her up. You know, you've got control at this moment. There's a big old cage. Yep, there's a big cage. There's... Apparently syringes of <laughs> sedatives <Horse> around, tranquilizers <laughs> around. I'm sure there's something to tie him up with. Just yeah. 
I did like it when she, she says it the first time. She's like, just kill me. And the girls is like, smell. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> yeah. That was amazing. There was zero <laughs> hesitation. I know. She's a whack. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and I did like it when the one that I think was supposed to be the mom or something was like, what you're saying is just not making sense. Because I was like watching this going, these women must be going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I think that stuff made our brains a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, but can you imagine how like you put yourself in these women's place so they've been like kidnapped by this crazy guy and like drugged and posed like mannequins and that's just ugh. and one of their people got just croquet malleted right in front of them right so then like another woman walks in and you're like we're saved <laughs> she's crazy too <laughs> yeah. oh man that's just gotta oh that's just gotta oh man your hopes are up so high and then just dashed Yep. That's just gotta be so horrible. I'm trying to think of specific instances in movies and TV shows where that's been the case. It It's a little bit of a trope. You yeah. Know? I know I've seen it. I know there's a few examples of it where the victim thinks that this person's there to save them, but really they're... Sure. I keep thinking of, though, American Horror Story Freak Show. Don't the people in in Twisties... Doesn't that happen? Oh, yeah, the kids that are locked up, like, in his bus. Yeah. Doesn't Dandy come? Yes! I knew we were going back to Dandy! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is not my imagination. It's Dandy, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Phew, we snuck in a little dandy again. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I just love note. What? I just love his name too. Dandy. I know. Name Dandy. <laughs> What's even better than? Terry, Karen, whatever. <laughs> Terry, Mary, and Karen. <laughs> Any part of that a boy's name. <laughs> it could be Terry. Could be named Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not even a name. <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so well. I <laughs> I need to see that actor. Like, oh, my name's Dandy. I got this. (laughs) 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 Okay, sorry. What's your thought? You'll find myself swimming in a pool of blood in no time. Drinking bottles. Okay. <laughs> My last note is 
Echo keeping some serial killer brain, that's going to come back. <laughs> yeah. What are they going to do with that? I don't know. But I thought that too. Like, oh, this can't be good because we were just told in the last episode that <laughs> <laughs> it's not just memories, it's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope we see it like come up somehow. Uh, I can't imagine we don't. Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't know. I forget what she says. Says something that Terry says. Uh, goodness gracious or something. Yeah, something like that. Look what I can do. (laughs) 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 Yep. So yeah, this was a good one. I, it was an enjoyable watch. I just, I just wish we had a little bit more on why Terry was doing that stuff. A little two or three sentence explanation from the uncle just doesn't. Yeah, sometimes in situations like this, I'm not convinced the writers spent a lot of time on it. I think they, I think sometimes they go, those details. Well, yeah, you get the feeling that they came up with. Wouldn't it be cool if we had like. Two imprints swap. And yep. One of them be a serial killer and one of them be, you know, like the opposite. So a colored and girl, you know. Joss Whedon walked in and said, I've always wanted to do a scene where like a serial killer poses real life mannequins. Right. Like, Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> and then he walked out. <laughs> They're like, okay, we'll do it, but <laughs> I don't <really> get it. <laughs> We're not going to explain it very well. <laughs> Yep. So, but yeah, the Victor definitely stole the show in this one all the way. Yeah. Yes, he did. <clears throat> well, should we move on to belonging? Yep. I'm ready. Okay. Oh, and we forgot to mention, this should be the Gene Wilder Memorial Podcast. <gasps> I know. Yep. Oh, we grew up with Gene Wilder. Uh, our parents are huge Gene Wilder fans. Huge. Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder. Yep. All grown up. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. So... Blazing Saddles our whole life. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is one of the very first DVDs I ever bought. You know, that is one of the... There were a few movies our mom quoted a lot (laughs) when I was a little kid. (laughs) Young Frankenstein is definitely one of them. (laughs) Young Frankenstein was in the top couple. Her favorite. Also. (laughs) Mom's favorite Young Frankenstein quote (laughs) 
is if she was ever sorting laundry or doing your laundry, she'd always be like, and this one's for your poo-poo undies. <laughs> Watching that now, I think, I wonder how many people pick up on that line. I know, because it's such a throwaway line at the very end. It is, but man, our mom loved it. She loved it so much. <laughs> and she would say our mom was one of those. Well, I guess we get it from her. She thought she was the funniest person. <laughs> she would say it and then laugh for like five minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. He's. <laughs> Back with Gilda now. He is. Cute. Yep. So. R.I.P. Gene Wilder. You entertained the Wright family a lot. Yeah. And what was the one he did with Richard Pryor? Uh, Stir Crazy? Yes. Because we had that recorded after a movie I watched all. You know, like those old VHS tapes in the 80s that. You had recorded stuff off of TV and watched them all the time. Right. Stir Crazy came on after a movie like Grease I watched all the time. And Mm -hmm. so I knew Stir Crazy really well. Yeah. That was a great one. And the producers. Oh, yeah. I have that on DVD. Yeah. I I love that one. I never saw the newer one. I never did either. Although I'm not really opposed to it. I like I like the thought of Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. Yeah, same. But yeah, I never did. And I think Will Ferrell plays the... Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Nazi. Like, Nazi guy. And Uma Thurman? Isn't she oh. like the girl? Is she? I don't know. I think so. Anyway. Yeah, I've seen the Gene Wilder... If I want to watch the producers, it's... Gene Wilders. Yeah. <laughs> and Zero, what's his name? Zero something. I don't know him, his name. I know his first name is Zero. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway. And, of course, <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Sure. Definitely grew up with that. Yep. <laughs> Scout watched that one first. And then she watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. It, for the Charlie and the Chocolate Factories, Scout watched that old 70s one first. Mm-hmm. And then she watched, not long after, she watched the uh, new one. And that one won out big time. <laughs> I can see that for her. Yeah. Yeah. She I... grew up with the nostalgia. Yeah. Oh yeah, burn. That was I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> yeah, the original with Gene Wilder, one of my favorite movies growing up. Oh yeah. But man, the Tim Burton with Johnny Depp, I love it. Oh, it's amazing. It <laughs> is great. so great. <laughs> oh, Johnny Depp is hilarious as well. I love how much he hates the cowboy kid, like mumbler. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he just hates him so much. <laughs> <laughs> And I like this backstory. I like that they threw in Willy Wonka backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His dad was a dentist and all of that. Yep. It's not in the books, because Scout and I read the book, too, because she liked it so much. And you gave her all those 
Rogue. Here with the whole roll doll, yeah, collection. Anyway, whatever. If it was a Tim Burton, <clears throat> um, or if I forgot it from the book. <sighs> I don't remember it being in the book, but it's. I haven't read those books since I was like thirteen or so. We can't talk about the new Willy Wonka without mentioning our little Freddie Highmore. Yes, that's right. So nice. little so young. young. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did you guys read the glass elevator? Yeah. I remember liking that more than the chocolate factory book. I loved the glass elevator. Yeah, it was fun. They were in space. Yeah. I remember thinking that would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yep. Alright, well. Alright, PT mother. Yeah. On to belonging. Okay, so I'll read the recap. Okay. Um, flashbacks show Sierra's original identity as Priya Tsang, <laughs> a gifted artist who is being pressured romantically by a man, man named Nolan. Her admission into the dollhouse was predicated on Topher developing a cure for her persistent and overwhelming schizophrenia. In the present day, Dr. Nolan Kennard, Vincent Ventresca, Rossum Corporation's premier neuroleptic specialist, demands Sarah be imprinted with a love slave personality and loaned to him permanently. While Tover realizes that Priya never had schizophrenia, but was instead medicated into the state by Kennard, Adele, though torn at the thought of sending... Priya to a raping scumbag, scumbag one tick shy of a murderer, finally decides to comply with the order. She was pretty much strong-armed into it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Tover finds a solution by sending Kennard Priya, undrugged, non-schizophrenic, and furious. Kennard attacks her and is slain. Boyd and Topher help dispose of the body and manufacture evidence that Kennard has left the country. Priya, though scarred by the day's events, agrees to resume, resume her contract with the dollhouse after seeing Victor and realizing that their love for each other transcends even wiping. The episode's final shot depicts them asleep in the same pod, arm in arm. Aww. Echo displays the ability to read, which Boyd warns her to hide. She warns Langdon of a coming storm that could wipe them all out, stating her intention to help everyone survive, and when Boyd returns her book, she discovers an all-access keycard key hidden inside for the storm. Which is because of the conversation, why there's no doubt in my mind it was Boyd. Oh yeah, it, yeah. there was never any doubt that it was Boyd. Because, I mean, he was her handler. He knew her. Everyone knows. There's something about Echo. Something about her, and Boyd's always been a little questioning of the dollhouse. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think he's 100% on board with what they do. Right. A little civil disobedience seems up his alley. Yeah. Not too hard to talk him into. So, here's where I get confused. I will do my best. How does Nolan get to Priya to medicate her? Like, (laughs) how is he able to give her this medication that gives her schizophrenia? Perhaps like the writers, I never gave it a thought. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. Because that is what I think confused me the most. Because I was kind of, I couldn't, I couldn't get past that. That's why I was confused even on my second watch. When she's at the beach, I was like, is this a long I was like, is this like a big, this Nolan guy has come up with this big, you know, imprinter to be an artist. And, you know, because I was like, was she like a patient in a mental ward for something kind of not that big? And he was able to get to her and give her this medication to give her schizophrenia or at least paranoid thoughts. I don't know. How was he able to get to her? Well, I'd be very surprised if she was in an institution for something else. I was too, but I couldn't think of any other way that he could have done it. (laughs) My best idea is that he had enough power to get to her food or something. And once maybe he got one dose into her, he had her control. Okay, so like maybe... We can, you know... Maybe he slipped something in a drink. Yeah, we can M and Sue canon that he somehow slipped the first dose in. Or maybe like roofied her and then took her to a mental home. And she, Ooh, that's yeah. Okay. Sure. That makes sense. That's just kind of what my brain did. You know, I didn't think okay. about it much, but. I couldn't get past it. <laughs> and it. It made me overthink everything, and then I was just confused as to, is Priya really, is that her? Because <laughs> I just couldn't figure out how he could have gotten to her and given her that much medication that made her go crazy like that. But that would make sense. He seems like the type of guy that would roofie someone. Yeah, I didn't totally think it through, but I thought enough that he got, he, you know, my mind just immediately went. Okay. He somehow sneakily paid off someone to drug her for the first time. But it makes more sense that he just roofie and then. She wakes up jet. in, in a yeah. hospital. Yeah. And then just like. And then he's got control from there. Mm-hmm. Just by constantly medicating her. Okay. And that doctor was in on it, right? Because she kept pointing at him saying he's a liar. Yeah. I mean, that's why. It, yeah. 
That's why I was confused too. Because he is, he like, seemed like a nice guy. I know. Like, why would you? That's like really unethical, people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he could be threatened like Adele, or he's not, and she just. He right. seemed pretty sincere. And if so, that guy is like a doctor, right? And he like heads that clinic. Yes. So he could do it theoretically without this doctor's knowledge. Right. I just, I'm going purely off of her pointing at him and saying he's a liar, but she could just be like, everything about this is a lie. Right. And she's kind of out of her mind, but I don't know. I'm not willing to really give him the benefit of the doubt, but I have an open mind that, I don't know, probably doesn't really matter. (laughs) It is something I thought about, though. So, okay, so Nolan does this. He turns her into basically a paranoid schizophrenic. He then calls the dollhouse and has them come get her so they can wipe her, so that he can just imprint her into a sex slave type thing. Yeah, seemed a little convoluted. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) Why, if you have the kind of power he seems to have, why would you go through that? Why not just ruby her and take her straight to the dollhouse? I guess he wanted them. I think he, even though he has the kind of power, he still wanted to be portrayed to them as just. He didn't want them to know guy. Yeah. he's the sleaze he is. Yeah, he hides the sleaziness. So maybe he was like, hey, I've got this patient that's a paranoid schizophrenic. Why don't you guys take her and see if wiping her cures the schizophrenia from her? Right? Yeah. Do you think he did it like on that kind of a... Yes. I do. Okay. I found... That's sinister. (laughs) Very. Well... Seriously. I mean, I already knew from the first time we interacted with this guy, but by the end of this, I mean, he is the absolute number one worst kind of human being on the planet. No doubt. You take this beautiful artist who's smart and great, turn her into a schizophrenic just so you can have her mind wiped so that you can controller oh well if you go yeah if you go to the very essence of what this guy is about it's because he got rejected yeah right right this long con and this need to get her back by right going about it this way is just diabolically horrid it is the worst just the worst comic book super villainy type plan and he does it (laughs) i mean well a lot of times the big villains plans like get you know foiled (laughs) yes and you know the show has the power to make him comic booky and how he goes about it Right. But his intentions and his attitude is out there. 
like men like him exist. Yeah. yeah. They just they can't they don't have the resources this character does. But you know what I mean? You just, no, they kidnap women and chain them up in their basement for ten years. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Or marry the women and emotionally beat them and yeah. probably physically just stuff like that. He's just the worst. Yeah. Just the worst. The kind of man that just you need to just be shot in the head or castrated. You just you can't be. <laughs> or stabbed several times by your victim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <clears throat> so while we were predicting this one, <laughs> did I not throw it out there? <laughs> you did, and I totally like just <laughs> We both poo pooed it. <laughs> I I totally like brushed it aside. <laughs> I but I really think like... I absolutely predicted it's going to be the story of how Sierra, how that guy got Sierra into the dollhouse. You did, and I like wasn't even interested. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown to really like watching the next ones before I. <laughs> edit so I can like listen to our predictions after I've watched and I know what happened. <laughs> this one was fun as always because I <laughs> I'm like I think we bring this up this plot point and then I hear you bring it up and I'm like mm. anyway <laughs> like almost ignore it. <laughs> You're like. <laughs> Coming up with the exact plot. <laughs> and I'm like, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be about Nellie. <laughs> or Nellie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're like, nope. <laughs> I didn't say nope exactly. I just kind of did a, hmm. Anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I not pursue it. <laughs> that's funny good times (laughs) (laughs) okay so what's your first note I didn't take a lot of notes (laughs) I don't have eh, I'm okay my first note is is this the real Sierra (laughs) (laughs) yep and then I have, is that that scientist guy? <laughs> scientist. The, from, was it Needs? <clears throat> when she and Victor go back to his house? When we first see this guy, this Nolan guy. Oh, you knew he was a scientist? I didn't remember that. Yeah, I think we got from, I think he, when she went to confront him, we got the idea. He said something like, well, I'll just hire you or something. I don't know. We knew that he was part of the corporation or something. You know, I didn't really put together, actually, that she had already come and, like, smacked him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he's the one that she goes and confronts. In. Well, I remember that. I just didn't put together with this plot and p- 
putting that in his head, having that memory. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't add that to something that character had gone through. So diabolical, man, that guy. Yeah. Worst. Keep going, because my first note is Victor and Ciara are my favorite and my best. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's really for it. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think it's when he's sitting down when oh. you wanted to go with her Yeah. to get wiped. I have Keith Carradine. Um. <laughs> and then I think this is when they're at the art mm-hmm. gallery. I'm like, oh, so this is a mission? See, there I thought again that she was impro- – I was confused cause of because of her. Just because you saw I Echo. saw Echo and and what was going on in, in the back room? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I paid enough attention. And I only saw these two once. I usually watch them twice. But we had to go quick. Yeah. And I had to edit, so. Yeah. No, we decided to get back on track instead of doing the Sunday night ones. Um, No, it's at the art gallery, so Priya, like, looks in this back room and all these people are, like, making out and stuff. And Echo comes out of that room and that's when they talk. And then I think she grabs Keith Carradine and says, come on, Mr. Harding or something, and they go back, so... Yeah, I don't know. You get the idea that there, there's more than just Echo in there, and you think I guess they're just imprinted to be, I don't know, escorts or something for the, gotcha head guys or something. Totally missed that. Oh. But when the, he confronts Adele and mentions this lonely hearts, and kind of like. Well, we all, you know, right. the pool or whatever. I guess right. that. that's yes, that's probably what he's referring to. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then I have. So was I kind of right? My prediction. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then I. I have, ooh, Echo scratching all of her imprints in the glass. Nice. Yeah, that was kind of weird. It seemed way too, um, out there. Um, like, not very cautious. (laughs) Yeah. Not very stealthy of her. Right. What I'm trying to say. I mean, I guess it is like that frosty glass. I guess they wouldn't see it from the outside. Yeah, but there's got to be housekeeping and yeah, stuff being seen. 
And didn't she have like a little secret compartment in there? Yeah, she hid her diary or book or whatever. Write it in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the ones that stuck out to me that I saw was Ghost. And so wasn't that like one of the first episodes? Yeah, definitely one of the first. I figured she just at some point not too long ago remembered all she could and wrote them all down. But gotcha. that's just what my mind thought. I okay. have nothing to back that up. I don't think, I think she's only been pretty aware as a doll just recently. Right. You know, she had little breakout things, but I think it's all been since the Alpha incident. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So she just had to backlog. So she wouldn't forget them. Yeah, my notes are just kind of stuff that we've already talked about. I'm like, so she was normal, and that guy made her go crazy. Okay. Mm. And I was like, that's adorable. Victor's still waiting. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, by the way, I'm still mama-bearing Victor. <laughs> I think once I mama-bear, it's pretty set. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so instead of... So they were supposed to imprint Sierra with just being in love with Nolan permanently. Yeah, like... But instead, Topher <laughs> just gave her her original personality back. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they can imprint and it's just, you know, there's no real, like... Um, timeline for an imprint it's just you can imprint and that's you forever until something changes so right but he didn't do it he he uh just imprinted her with her original personality which you <laughs> you would think that like Nolan would want to be there during the imprint or something to make sure that they don't do something like that because they were so resistant on doing it. You know what I mean? Say it again. Like, you would think that Nolan would want to be there for the imprint to make sure that they're putting in her what he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. they were so resistant on doing it. They didn't want to. He just trusted them to do it. <laughs> that is a movie trope. <laughs> it's guess. like the bad guy tying someone up and killing them very slowly when they could just shoot them in the head. <laughs> you know. So there's chance for escape. It's like... Bad guys and stuff can never be that smart. Yeah. But yeah, that would have been smart. We'll just have to say he was arrogant enough to think that there's no way they wouldn't mind him. Right, right. And then... I have, holy crap, go Priya. <laughs> I think this is during the stabbies. <laughs> yeah, I was really pleased. I was too. 
it kind of brought me back to like the pilot of Bates Motel with Norma and yeah. Keith Summers, like just kill the crap out kill of him. Kill the crap out of him. Yeah, I I um I was glad thinking that this would be a super upsetting episode that good things like that happened. Good things like the guy getting stabbed. <laughs> but you know what i mean she got and the topher stuff that was great his little arc yeah yeah that's my last note i'm like we might be right about topher doing a turnaround the thing is i found it very interesting i guess this isn't a thing is just what i found the most interesting about his arc is that it took finding out that she came in there without her consent Mm -hmm. to totally make him think about it and to have a burst of conscience about the whole thing. Yeah. Now, how did they find that out again? How did they find out that did he admit that to Adele that he had drugged her? I it seems like he just did some sleuthing. I don't think anyone admitted anything. I just took for granted it was like didn't they have like one of those old montages where he's like digging through computer files? Oh, that's right. I figured he just uncovered it. Which would probably mean that he got like her medical files and that that doctor really was in on it. Right. So yeah, cause there was that whole thing with like her always p- painting like the blackbirds mm-hmm. and the bad man. So he goes, he like goes into Dr. Saunders files. Yeah. And he, it seems like a lot of whatever happened in the past was documented somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) That's the impression I got. It was all documented and he found it. Which is a little shushy, I suppose. Yeah. Unless I'm getting this wrong. Well, I know when he's looking in the files that yeah, they were Dr. Saunders files. I had to watch It does this mention one. the bad man and then it has his name, Tover. And he's like, I'm not I'm the bad man or I'm I not? saw that. So what I was that? It. I have to admit that I don't usually do this, but I had to watch only once and I watched it on my phone. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> 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 it's just how it had to be. Right. And so yeah. I was I was really hoping to be able to watch it one more time, like on a bigger screen and whatnot. But right. I I just ran out of ability to rewatch. But I kind of suspected this would be my only watch because we only had a few days, so I made sure to take notes on my first time, which I never do. I always just watch without notes. Oh, and I know you watch. I know you do. I do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I watch and then I take notes. That's why your notes are like. Mine are more about thoughts I have, and yours are more like, whoa. 
<laughs> Minor very reactionary. Yeah. Holy crap. If <laughs> you'll notice, go back. My notes are not reactionary. That's true. There are more thought out little blurbs. Right. Because <laughs> it's my second time around. But they've been a little reactionary tonight. Yeah, I'm a little confused about him seeing his name as the bad man. I didn't. I was like, is that something that Dr. Saunders planted because of her hatred of him? I mean, like, I don't know. That's a question I have, people. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Because did he see it and then say? Yeah, he sees it and he says, no, wait, there's no way I'm the bad man. So he, like, digs deeper somehow and figures out that I guess so and I think that must Nolan's have happened the like, bad man. off camera or something because yeah so it wasn't necessarily Dr. Saunders so it could have been Nolan like I guess so hacking notes I don't I don't know what he was looking at I, he it had to have been medical records but right uh, it is it's very confusing someone if you know please yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's all the note. Oh, my last note is, oh, sweet. Boyd slipped her an access key. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, this was a good one. I, I liked belonging quite a bit. I did too. Even yeah. though I was confused, <laughs> I still found it satisfying and a little upsetting and... But only upsetting in the, I hate what Nolan did to her. Oh, yeah. And I hate that she knows it. And she's like, you know what? Wipe me. You know? Yeah, that's a little murky. But I didn't find it as upsetting as just lighting a fire under me. You know, just more. Right. I don't know. I wouldn't. I would describe upsetting as like a really bad character death or a horrible, like something like watching Melly's daughter die, <laughs> you know, right? that kind of stuff. Ups- this or a was more just bad, violent, like rape scene or something. Yeah. This was just more like, oh, that guy's the worst. And then, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, watching a bad guy die and then watching someone, I guess watching Topher, like, take a hacksaw to his body, that's not great to watch. Do we see that? A little bit. Oh. We see his foot. That, I don't know. I find that satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm down with that. (laughs) I need to watch this episode again. Oh, and then it's on my phone. I sure enjoyed it. And then Sierra, like finding all those Polaroids of her in that drawer. Ooh, ooh, and just seeing him throw that Polaroid in there. He must have had her like once a week at least, huh? Oh, there was probably thirty Polaroids in there. Yeah, at least, and she's been in there a year. Yeah, so yeah, that's like oh. almost once a week. 
Yeah. Once every ten days or so. Well, you don't know if there were for sure thirty. There could have been exactly fifty-two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with your life. Thirty. I paused and counted. <laughs> every ten days. Every ten days, on average. Ah, <laughs> uh, can you imagine like finding that out? Oh. No, it's one of those things that you almost just can't get yourself in that position very. <laughs> easily <laughs> no it's it's ugh. no wonder she wanted to be wiped i would too yeah i can't blame a girl yeah and to just uh to know that you probably were like quote unquote a willing participant during those times you know yeah that would just give you the creepy creeps uh, oh i know you know. And you know, she reacted to killing him like maybe a normal human being would. Oftentimes, movies and TV don't quite seem to display the scope of actually like killing a person with your hands with a knife. Right. People seem to let it slide off their back a little they kind too of easily. Brush it off. <laughs> yeah. And this. The fact that it affected her so much, even though he was horrible and did those horrible things, that yes. was very realistic. That she it was just like, I can't, I can't even think about it. That was yeah. the worst thing. I never want to know this day ever happened. Right. Just wipe it out. That seemed. Oh, I can't imagine. It was realistic I... enough that I was okay with her decision in the end, even though it's, it's iffy. Mm-hmm. You you want you want her to be strong and do a Buffy quip or something and want to be on her own, you know? Right. But is that realistic or is this more realistic? And of course, I'm talking about dollhouse technology, so nothing's realistic. Right. <laughs> but realistic for the show. <laughs> I don't know. If you've just gone through that and you see cute old Victor sitting there waiting for you. <laughs> and she was describing him, and she couldn't quite get who he was, but she knew she loved him. And then to see him in that moment. Yeah. And know that that's the one. Yeah, that's... That's right, because that's kind of what she confronts Nolan with. She's like... I'm in love with someone, and it's not you. Yeah, and that really got him, because he thought that... It seemed like he thought that having her as a doll, as an imprint, love him was, like, actually... Because, to me, a guy like that would want... It wouldn't quite be enough to just have her against her will... Um, right he would want it to be the real thing yeah and he was kind of so that conversation was very interesting because he was kind of acting like that was the way and that the person she loved was him and she's like no i know it's not you yeah i don't know who he is but it's not you and that that was awesome yeah and that was awesome very love conquers all (laughs) And it's Victor, and he's just adorably sitting there, yes. Just sitting there. I want to move in his little, uh, I don't know, he's just, 
the pains are in my shirt. (laughs) 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 It's like he's there, but he's, (laughs) he's still, he's, he's very wiped. There's something there, but he is, he is very wiped. (laughs) And we don't know his backstory, but. Am I just canoning that he's like a soldier or did we like hear that? Did we get his backstory on that one about we've heard it? It wasn't super fleshed out, but I think we know enough that he was a soldier and probably had some major PTSD. Maybe some PTSD. Yeah. I'm just wondering how much of that is actual canon at this point or how much I've just from little flashes. I've decided that. Right, right. Like that scene when he and uh, Sierra are in the shower with the paints. There's a, like a soldier flash. Yeah. That, no, that was full on like jungle. Yeah. <laughs> like he was in Vietnam. <laughs> Which he couldn't have been. <laughs> but yeah, that was definite. I'm just wondering if he ever said something or if it's just little flashes like that that's made me so sure he said something in needs i think but we were still like i think we were like was that something he really did or was that an imprint he was given or i don't know yeah but yeah i i think we have some sort of confirmation that he was in the military Yeah, I just don't remember. Yeah. I know it's true. I just don't know. Do you know what I think it was, actually? I think it was one of the wiki recaps. Oh, really? I think think the one, I think the recap about needs said something like, Victor has flashes to when he was in the military, and and you and I were like, oh, okay. (laughs) Those wikis are... Revealed a few little. Reveal a few little. Nothing like nothing spoilery bad. where yeah. it's like ah. It's just it's fun enough that they give us enough little clues that we're like oh, right, <laughs> something right. to chew on. Yep. Do we have any more to say on belonging? I think I'm good. So. I forgot to update the list from Sunday's recording on where we put. Let me see if I can remember by looking at it because I just, you know, I just finished that today. Yeah, I was wondering if. So I think we put, I'm pretty sure we put Instinct. Was it? After Needs and before Okay. So we put that as number five. And then Vows was in between Spy and the House of Love and Grey Hour. And Grey Hour, yep. So it was number eight, eight, or I guess nine, as it were. Right. Okay. Bell choose. I don't know. 
It was good. It was good. Um, I think it was better than Instinct. Do you? Yes, I liked it better than Instinct. Okay. I think I liked it better than Need. Well, it might be in the top. Definitely top five. So. Why is Man on the Street so good? <laughs> um, that's it's... the Patton Oswalt. Yeah. I think it's better than that. I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, Victor alone, man. Yeah, yeah. I would put it better than Man on the Street. But just a little. Okay, not better than Briar Rose. Because Briar Rose and Omega were amazing. Like, I yeah. think there's quite a chasm between Briar Rose and Man on the Street. And I think it fits in there. I... Okay, so put it at number three? Yeah. Okay. But I I liked um I liked belonging better than a two. I think it might knock out number three again. I don't Yeah. I it's going to be really hard to top Briar Rose and Omega for me. I enjoyed those so much. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that either one of these are better than those two. Okay. So I think they're three and four? I think so. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so for last week's, we did Instinct in between Spy in the House 11, Grey Hour, right? Mm-hmm. Nope, not Instinct. No. Vows. Vows. Instinct was between Needs and Epitaph 1. Okay. Okay, we have the next ones. Um, yeah. Um, Harold put them on. Yeah, Harold put them on. Um... Okay, here, I found it. Okay, because I'm updating the list. So I don't... <laughs> <laughs> we have the public eye and the left hand. Oh, all I can think of in the left hand is the evil hand of Wolfman Hart. <laughs> What's that episode? <laughs> <laughs> kill, kill. The one where Lindsay keeps going, evil. Yeah, evil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, what's the first one again? The Public Eye. The Public Eye. Ooh, that that brings to mind um, 
than a soft guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe because it just seemed political. Yeah, it does. It does. That has a, yeah, the public eye kind of gives you political thoughts. And, yeah. How many episodes do we have left? I know. That's These the thing. Are We're also like kind of winding down, you know. Five and six, and there's 13? Mm-hmm. So this puts us, eight. after these two, we're almost like at the halfway point. Yeah. There's eight episodes left with uh, when we watch The Public Eye. So we got a good arc left um, to wrap everything up. I'm just trying to think of all the things that need to unfurl. <laughs> the Public Eye could also be like... Maybe the Carradine. Do we know this guy's name? <laughs> the Carradine guy. Harding. Harding? Okay. Maybe Harding figures out the remote wipe and this actually starts like the... I guess that was more their ears hearing that would make... I'm <laughs> like thinking <laughs> the public's eye. Right. They right. They see something that they like the tech puts out there. And starts the army. But I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're there yet. Because I think it's going to take. Alexis Stanislav. To do something first. For them to get like desperate. Or something. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he's going to expose them. Or try and expose them. Or. Oh, I just remembered. I saw a Netflix screenshot of this episode. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. I did not. I saw it, and I decided to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Was it spoilery? Um, well, I know who's going to be in it. Oh. Is it a Whedon person or a... Oh, no, it's people from the show. Oh. So you didn't see the... Uh... I saw Nellie. Oh, okay. Nellie. I keep calling Nellie. her Nellie tonight. Nellie. Sitting on a bed. Do you want to know with who? Ballard? <laughs> nope. Um, Wesley's wife. Oh, okay. Well... Then, okay. So, so he is in it. I'm assuming if his oh, wife is. Maybe that's the name he gets. Because oh. she is now a she's former She's the informant. Yes? Yes. Or she's not the informant, but that's the name. That's okay. the name on, in the file. Because... She's no longer a doll. Yeah. She works with him. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... I think you're right. It's Yeah. 
it's going to be, they're going to try and expose the dollhouse or something. And they're going to, Melly's going to help them. Mm-hmm. And his wife is still helping him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was one of those wiki things that she didn't help him in that episode, but since she like, that's goes right. on to help him. They just add it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, she opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> what a good helper. I got, and I didn't look at the screen cap for the left hand. <laughs> so I don't know, but I don't think I, do you have anything besides <laughs> evil hands? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. The left hand. I don't know. That's could it be that a reference to that scripture? Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Right. That's what I was kind of thinking. What's that saying about the left hand and the right hand? I'm pretty sure it's a scripture, and it's is it? I, I think so. Oh, I thought it was just like a old timey saying. I think it's from the Bible, and I think it. Well, the meaning to it is. It's about service. Like, keep your service. Basically, if you're going to do good, don't spill it all over Facebook. <laughs> don't buy someone a meal at McDonald's and run to Facebook and tell everyone about it so they can yes. congratulate you on what a great person you are. Yeah, don't let the <laughs> left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's If I sounded a little bitter, it's because I am. Sue has people in her life that do that. <laughs> Facebook people that do that and it drives me nuts. Um, yeah. It's do good to do good. I wonder if it's a, like a Boyd thing or Topher thing. Yeah, it could be. You know. I'm kind of like, I'm... I'm feeling this one is like something going on inside the dollhouse. Yeah. No, like, I like not that. with a client, not with like Wesley, but like something going on within the dollhouse that someone is. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Boyd and Topher are trying to kind of. Yeah, I totally agree. Does that. Yeah. It's not going to be about service, but it is going to be kind of like, don't let the left hand know it. It's like, don't let this section know. Right, like Adele's the Adele. right hand and yeah. they're the left hand or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Ooh, I think we did good, Sue. I think we did. <laughs> we don't even have to watch them. Well, you see in that screenshot kind of helped us along with the first one. It did. <laughs> <laughs> but ooh, you guys, that left hand, that was all us. That was, yes. <laughs> You heard us talk that through. <laughs> We're so short. <laughs> well, cool. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. And you can leave your feedback at SueWatchesBuffy at gmail.com. Yep. And, yeah, we will... Try and keep this. I am moving this month. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So we'll see. I I think I can still do this once a week. All right, let me know. So it might be like me telling you, you know what? Turns out the only night I can do it is tomorrow. You know, <laughs> type right. thing. Um, I'm gonna start them tonight. I think. I'm not sure I'll get too far. I did take a nap today, but it's because I stayed up late again. And Eleanor had dramas in the middle of the night. And she sat up and then tipped over at some point and had her arm all wonky under her. Oh. And when she does that, she doesn't move out of her position. She just cries till I wake up and hear her. Oh. <laughs> That kid. <laughs> she won't move out of an uncomfortable position. She'll get into one. But I don't know what the mental block is, but mm-hmm. it's very strong. She will not get out of a bad position. Interesting. She'll only get in one. It's really weird. Her brain does not go that way. Hmm. To be like... Oh, if I, even just as simple as sitting up, she can sit herself up, but she will not sit herself down. She'll get tired and either fall back asleep sitting up, and then I find her like that, or she'll whine until I sit her down myself, when she could easily just sit back down. It's really weird. I noticed that when we were out in Wyoming and it was like two o'clock in the morning and you were so tired and she was like having an Eleanor party (laughs) and me and Booker and what cat were going downstairs to start a movie. And I was like, I'll take her, go to bed. (laughs) And I noticed that like early in the morning, she like, I swear, she was still asleep, and her body yeah. was just making her sit up. It's like yeah, it's no weird. control, and she was just whining. And I just kind of, just kind of put my arms around her and just hugged her, and she totally relaxed and slept for like another hour. Yeah, that's how she, that's how she does. And I was just like, "Oh, you poor little, your body is just forcing you to sit up, and you don't it's, want to." It's weird. She has weird muscle reactions. Yeah, and that's one of them. Because it's something she can do, you know. She'll mm-hmm. she will sit up with a purpose. She'll be like, "I want to sit up. I'm gonna right. sit up," and she'll swing her legs until she's in a sitting position. Right. But never once in the history of our lives has she sat herself back down with a purpose. Has she just laid right back down. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have interesting nights. <laughs> yeah. Last night was one of them, and I felt so sad. I hate oh, it's the it's... war, Sue. Because she doesn't cry loudly when she's in pain like that. She just kind of mm-hmm. cries pitif- pitifully. Yeah, yeah. And that's I what... finally wake up and I'm like, oh, that's not a good cry. Oh. <laughs> I go in there and her little arm's all wonky under her. And it like wouldn't move for like a good 45 minutes, uh, about a half hour. Oh. And she just looks at me and cries so hard. And I'm like, baby girl. Oh. <laughs> it's just awful. Oh, and so I'm done. You know, I'm toast. Right. I'm just sitting up with her and letting her cry on me till her arm doesn't hurt anymore. And then, and it's, it's almost, I, I may be like projecting it, but it's almost like she's like, how did you let that happen to me for so long? <laughs> that's 
what her eyes say to me. <laughs> when she just looks at him and cries very sadly and pitifully oh. and just with a purpose at my face. <sighs> so... Rob was working, so I finally, after laying with her about 20 minutes, I just like, why don't you come in with mommy? And of course she had kicked her blankets off, so her little legs were freezing cold. <laughs> so she finally started moving her arm again, and I turned on a little Sesame Street. And anyway. We have nights. <laughs> <laughs> Nights happen around here, busy ones. It's just my reality. And it's not like I'm like, well, I'm going to be so responsible because oftentimes my nights have weird things like this happen to them. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed at nine every night. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. But I'm the kind of person. That's like, both kids are in school. I got four hours of sleep. I'm taking a nap after lunch. No guilt. <laughs> Till Scout gets home. Please <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, you've got to be... You've got to do stuff like that in your situation, just in case you have another night with Eleanor. You've got to be there for her. Yeah, and, and I'm hey. the kind of... The kind of person that will lay down in the middle of the day and say, screw it, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> you mean you're not posting your fabulous recipes on Pinterest and stuff? <laughs> no, nope. we're saying like, I just can never go to bed if there is anything out of place in my house or if the dishes aren't done. Oh. I like it. When everything's done and nothing's out of place and I go to bed in a clean house. And I strive for that. And many nights I do, but... That is not reality day after day. No. And I... If what my body needs and my brain needs is to not do housework tonight and wake up to maybe an hour of housework in the morning... Done. Yep. <laughs> done and done. I do that. Yeah. I don't think you can have a special needs kid and have those kind of rules. No. No way. You've got to be laid back like I am. And we don't live in filth. My no. house is nice. No. And organized and clean. But, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cam and I were talking today. I was like, all right. Be prepared to eat on a lot of paper plates this month yep. and a lot of just throw it in the oven type stuff. <laughs> a lot of frozen pizzas and whatnot because I'm going to be in between two houses for a whole month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That... And oh. <laughs> I'm going to try and do it as organized as possible, but things happen. Plus, trying to work 40 hours a week. Oh, yeah. You know. We'll see. So. All right. Well. All right. We're out. Yep. Emily Sue out. <laughs> so, we will talk to you guys next week. Most likely next week. Yeah. I'll make it happen. Okay.
Good luck. Thanks. Moving. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>